Be quiet and go make some music. Oh, sorry. Yo, yo, what's going on? Back with another one. Episode three from Birmingham, Alabama. I'm here with the Archbishop, the Apostle, the Cuban mouthpiece of Miami. Thank you, sir. I actually was was told by somebody that I was a female deacon in Miami. <laughs> I, but I, I I'm glad that our, our Archbishop, uh, a mouthpiece. That's that's an upgrade. I'll, I'll take that. All right, uh, we are here. Um, Christ, Christ y cultura. For Christ, right? For Christ. Para Christ. Para Cristo. For Christ y cultura. For Christ y cultura. And uh, gospel on tap. And we've been in Alabama at a conference, a Presbyterian conference. Peace up. With uh, our folks from uh, church in Miami and our soon-to-be uh, churching with us in Miami. Mighty, mighty Mexican. Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mexican. Speedy Gonzalez. Messianic. Reformed. I can't do it. Yeah. So we're just, instead of like uh, being very explicit about it, reintroducing like everything, we're, we're just having uh, three conversations together in one night. And now we're going to move to our third conversation, which is about how to be holy in a way that's really not holy. How do I say it differently? How to be pursuing godliness in a way that's uh, obnoxious and not actually biblically godly? How, how do I say it a different way? How, how to be too saved in a way which is not biblically saved? How do I say this again? How to be annoying in the name of Christ? That's the difference. Between me and you. Oh, yes. Buku. That was good. That was good. I see what you did there. So we can start talking about what are bad examples of that? What does a bad way of sanctification or of an understanding of holiness being set apart look like? What does it look like? Yeah, like a bad view. I think one one good thing to, to say is I read my Bible on a regular basis and based upon the, the fact that I frequently do something that is spiritual, aka like I'm growing in godliness. Just because you're doing something that is spiritual and related to like religion on a regular basis, it, it doesn't um, mean that you're necessarily doing something holy. You can actually be doing something very unholy even though you're doing something very biblically religious. So, um, because Christianity is not holy or unholy based upon the frequency in which you do things, but based upon the faith in the works of Christ in which you do things. Mm-hmm. So frequency is not necessarily holy. That's one example. Yeah. So you could pr- you you could pray every day of your life for sixteen hours of your life, and you can actually be condemned for it eternally in hell. Yep, I'll put it like this: if your works do not exceed those of the scribes and the Pharisees, then you cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
if your works are not more than them. So naturally, like... And, and them dudes will put us to shame, man. Yeah, it? yeah. And, and, and the problem with that is nobody can really. It's outwardly. That was, that was the point, right? They're, they're so quote-unquote holy. But even if you did, it has to exceed their superficial holiness. So there's only, I think we start with that. There's, there's the objective reality of that there is somebody who did that for us. And that's Christ. He's the only one who fulfilled God's law perfectly. There's no one sitting at this table that God could say, you are my son and I am well pleased with you, Yanni, mm-hmm. on your own. Okay. There is no, God cannot tell you, Santi, you are my son and I am well pleasing you. All right. In and of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because of something inherently in me or something like that. Yeah. Right? Or, or because you even do like good things or there is something good in you that he accepts. And no matter how well intentioned it is. That's what you're saying. Yeah. So in you, God doesn't look at you and say, that's, that's the one. <laughs> well, because, because he demands, not he demands, but because he, I mean, he and his being and his holiness and we as his image bearers demands that we be a perfect reflection of who he is, right? Meaning perfect, perpetual, personal obedience. I'm saying to mm. who to the law that 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 comes that flows from his character, and since I mean even in thought we break that like there's there's no way there's no there's absolutely no way that God can look at me and say hey I am well pleasing you because of the good works that you put up because. It's all stained by the fallenness in me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I mean, good works are only good not because of the quality or quantity in which you do them, but because they're done in and through the perfect works of the perfect Christ in which you're united to and you do them through by faith. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So and there's only one way that you're imperfect, not supremely awesome and God glorifying in his holiness works can be acceptable is if they're done entirely in the canopy umbrella of Christ's perfect works that, you know, the one you're united to. And so, yeah, you can do a whole lot of things that like don't matter because they're not done in and through like your middleman, like your representative Redemptive, gracious figure who's Christ. Hmm. And I Chris, th- you were going to talk, man. What happened? Go ahead, bro. Yeah, yeah. This is Chris, aka Cura, aka Padre. Yeah. No, I was just going to talk about my personal experience in in the Pentecostal church when I first got saved. Um, there was this understanding among everyone that you know, if if you got up. You know, the first thing you had to do when you get up was pray. And it had, and it had to be for like an, about an hour. 
All right. And and you had to be doing that. You had to pray an hour before bed. You had, I mean, you had to do all kinds of things in church. You you had to be singing. You had to be preaching. You had to be teaching. You had to, you just had to be doing a lot of things. And the people who did. Doing something, yeah. You had to be doing something. You had to be doing a lot of stuff. Whoever was doing lots of stuff were the people who, who were viewed as holy. Yeah. Okay. They were the people that were viewed as the true Christians in the church. You know, all the other people are the ones coming up for the altar calls. Yeah. Every, every Sunday and every Tuesday and every Thursday. Cause that's how, how many, how many times of the week we had church. So, so yeah. So I think what we're trying to talk about today is how are we truly holy before before God. Yeah. Yeah. So are, are we truly holy before God because we're doing all of these things or are we truly holy because, because we are in Jesus who is our sanctification because well, he has made us. Well, we're saying also like, what does that reality look like as we, yeah. as we walk, walk it out? Life. Yeah. I, yep. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, I, the question is not, do we do stuff as Christians? The question is like, how do we, I guess, how do we process our doings in light of Christ once for all defining us yeah. by grace doings, you know, yeah. like, and there's a way you can process doings on the ground that just doesn't make any sense, you know? So if you think that, you know, like how often or how much or how like, I don't know, qualitatively, like you do thing is like what it looks like to like work out holiness. I think, you know, you just don't, you, you don't have a, a, a biblical view of it. You know, you can, it has to be more, un, more, more, more complex than that. You know, I think it leads to, and the, it goes back to what Chris is saying is grounded in. So, yeah. It, it, and it leads to depending on one's own thwarted, Holiness, as opposed to Jesus' perfect holiness for us. Yeah, yeah. That that's why that's why I, I said that verse that that I cited because, like, if we don't grasp the idea of holiness and God requiring perfection, like, if you don't understand that idea, then you think that God can accept anything, like that you like, because God checks the heart, and if your heart's right and it aligns. You know, it's no, yes, he checks his heart, but he has a law and it has to be perfectly fulfilled. So, so, so oftentimes when we talk about holiness, sanctification, people will look at us, will look at us, the grace guys, and say, no, nah, you guys are loosey goosey when it comes to, you know, sanctification, but we're not because we're acting with that first. Holiness has to be met perfectly. So once we have that, why? Once we have Christ, we could talk about how that looks in our perfect yeah, life. Yeah. But, it's, so it's, we're not being loose on God's law, you know? We're not being loose on... Not at all. Yeah, so let, 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 let's talk about what that, what that looks like. Yeah. What does it look like to understand that works that we do regularly are grounded in Christ once for all works. Like how do you, how do you work in a way that's different? Here's, here's one way I think to say you're actually being holy and not pursuing holiness in an unholy way. And it's, it's by not flaunting around broadcasting and legislating 
your holiness. If your holiness is something that you constantly need to parade, that you constantly need to broadcast, and also you need to codify for others to keep, it's very likely that your holiness is not holy. So if I'm being godly, I don't need to broadcast the fact that I'm being godly about something. I, you know, the gospel compels me to be godly in a way where I don't need to put like fluorescent lights on the uh, movements of, of godliness because I'm securing Christ. I, I don't need to do that. And, and also I, if, if I'm, if I'm taking Ephesians five about loving your wife as Christ of the church, and I'm applying it in a certain way that leads me to, I don't know, do X, Y, and Z. Like help to help around the house in this way or the other way. Go, go do this. I don't need to codify my understanding of that and enforce it on you hmm. to feel like I'm legitimately doing God's will and you are because, again, like I'm securing Christ in such a way where I don't have to codify the way I would flush that out. But if you don't have a working out of, 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 of holiness that's, that's rooted in grace, you're going to always think that every single particular way that you process and flush out and apply anything of God's word is something that you need to put in codified law for everybody else, you know? And like, that's, that's just how it looks in an unhealthy way. I don't know. To kind of get the ball rolling, like that's what are some other things you've seen as to how people like flush out holiness in a way which is not actually holy, but it's just missing like the reality in light of the fact that grace in God leads us to see holiness differently. Like, how have you guys seen that conversation? First one, like dress, bro. I think the way you dress, like how do you come into church? Where your hairstyle is, like, I mean, you people nitpick. Like, you give your best on Sundays to the Lord. That's like coming from a place where you are giving something to God and He's receiving it. That act is is something that you are giving up to God. Somehow, just just dress and like. Well, well let, let me let me push back. On that with like a, a devil's advocate. So you're, you're, you're saying that some girl that goes to worship Jesus and she's wearing like a booty skirt, like the skirt that's, you know, up to her, you know, the, the like booty. That statue we were like. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she's, you know, like just showing like, hey man, it don't matter how, you know, it don't matter how you look, you know, it's just like, you're just worshiping the Lord in your heart. Like how would you, how would you respond to someone hearing what you just said and then me just saying what I just said? Well, would she be like a, would she be like a regular, like a tender? Like would she be a No, no, no. Let's, a, let's, let's, like not, a, let's talk about like just someone coming to church. Like, this is someone who's a member of the church. A member. Okay. Yeah. Like how, there's, there's like. A member of church who's like, you know, who's, who's, who's understanding like what Christianity is in some sense. And, 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 and that person says, look, I, I'm not here because of how I look and on the outside and how I dress. I'm just here for the Lord. It's glory. Like, you know, like, I think it's, I agree what you said, but I'm just saying, like, you need to, like, yeah, yeah. like, be able to process that response. 
in a way which still preserves what you're saying to be like generally like understood as valid, you know? Yeah, yeah. And maybe I just, maybe I just, I just threw a monkey wrench and just knocked your. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, th I think I would respond to that like clarifying like that we don't come into church like however, I guess, you know, do I, can I just show up wearing nothing? You know, yeah, yeah. So, so, so there's so like, what, so what you, what you look like externally, it, it, it doesn't it does, ultimately it, it, matter. It does matter. Yes, but not but, ultimately. But the way you process that and how it matters can yeah. be really problematic. Yeah, yeah. Because, because what I was saying is, people who depend on how you dress are saying that you need to dress this way. Not people that are like, oh, I don't care. It's just God's just talking at the heart, you know? So, well, I would clarify like where, where they, you know, that it's not like actually what you wear, but there is like some kind of standard, you know? And then, and then that would be, that would be like, you know, I don't know how to go about it. Yeah. I, I don't think. Yeah. I, I put it this way. Like, I think how you look on the outside matters. But if your church or if your person, if you feel like you're glorifying God because mm -hmm. of your external, like that's where it becomes a problem. So, so listen, here's, and this is where we're going to kind of like press into what holiness is. You dress in a certain way because you're thinking about the good of your neighbor and not because you're thinking about making God happy. Yeah. That's what good works are in the sense of like mm -hmm. Jesus Christ did the things that need to be done to make God happy. And so the fact that God is totally happy and satisfied for his son's sake, it leads you to think, what do I do as a person behaviorally or externally in a way that is for the good of those around me in light of the fact that I'm good with God? You see the difference? Yeah. So me taking my wife to some situation or doing something for her, because if I do this, I'm going to prove myself before God to be the legitimate husband. That's not a good work. Yeah. Because you're, you're acting like God needs you to, to provide something for him to, to, you know, to, to be God. Good work in that situation would be like, I understand my wife needs these certain things. And I'm providing the things that she needs to, you know, to, to meet her where she's at, yeah. you know, like that's a good work. And so like, just going back to, you know, the woman with her dress, she's like, you know what? I, I don't think that this will allow my brother to relate to me, like in a way where he can like, you know, think about Christ. I think it's just going to distract him. You know, I, I don't think that the way I'm dressing would make an immature believer be able to understand what church is about because, you know, he may think that church is about something else because I'm being external in an unhealthy way. Like that's, that's how you process the external conversation in a way where it matters, but like it's mattering in a way that's very different than like, okay, I'm coming here to, to prove to God and to everybody else that I am holy before the Lord. Like that's just, that's just a bit, am I making sense? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's, that's kind of what I was saying. Like the, 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 the thinking behind 
you have to come dressed up a certain way or not dressed up is because you are like we're giving up giving something to god working favor yeah favor for ourselves yeah so like i was saying like if i would talk to her i would clarify that that's not why she needs to do it that would not be why she needs to do it yeah i i like like you were saying it, it would be for the love of especially if she's like a member it'd be you know for the love of 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 the brother for the love yeah, of the church yeah. like you know, it's it's a it's a, yeah it's yeah and, and that's that's the thing we, we we heard we heard like some some teaching you know th- this week where godliness and and piety piety what was it how's in latin or greek no it's latin right Pieta, i don't know pietas no, i can't even say it. yeah 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 it, it was it was understood to be primarily and exclusively about you doing particular things that are devotional uh, and private before the Lord, God gets to honor him. And I, I, I don't know about you, like that is actually really American and it's not biblical. Mm. I want, I want you to show me. So, so, so let's to, to clarify the idea that, your saint, your holiness comes from, or your your, your, God, your godliness your, is primarily in you doing private things like I don't know, just to like Bible reading, devotional, like prayer on a daily. Yeah, show me, show me, show me anywhere in Scripture where godliness is said to be primarily in that. I, I want you to show me because. I read Ephesians, Ephesians 1 to 3, you know, a lot of like, God did this kind of conversations. Therefore, I urge you to walk uh, worthy of the calling which you have received. And then it starts talking about humility and gentleness with, with your brothers, unity. And then it talks about, you know, building each other up to the fullness of Christ and the stature. And then it starts talking about, bro, the, the whole conversation goes immediately into how now that you understand these gospel truths, now you work out your holiness in doing things for other people relationally that are beneficial. Yeah. Not, here's a chapter now about how you work out your holiness by you privately having all these private moments to privatize like the Lord's glory. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not, look, I am not saying there is no conversation in scripture where that makes sense. I'm just saying that just look at Ephesians, look at Romans, look at where God goes after he takes redemptive categories. He goes to the church and what we do together. And then he goes to your relational settings that you find yourself in. Yep. Okay. And I don't know about you, but like when I talk to Christians, a lot of times they think of their godliness in ways that has nothing to do with other people and has everything to do with themselves, by themselves, somewhat just, I don't know, just, again, going through, like, the me and God motions. Like, and again, like, I was like, where, where, where is that? Where, where is that, like, an emphatical point? Yeah. You know? I think people point to... 
they point to the Psalms where it says, where David is like, I meditate on your law all day long. Or I rise up early in the morning. Yeah, I rise up early in the morning. What, what, what are the ones that I've heard? <laughs> I guess the example of David, I guess. So when David says, I kill all your enemies and slaughter them, and I, and I, <laughs> I can't, can't, is that something that I'm supposed to be doing every day? I mean, look, I'm just, I'm. You're supposed to be fighting your Goliaths, bro, every day. Uh, no, I'm just saying you, you, them, you sim- simply, look at my point, simply because you have a Bible verse where you have a certain behavior to like describe doesn't mean that it becomes some emphatical primary thing that you kind of like strive yeah. to like. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so yeah, that's there and you got to think about it, but like, yeah. Yeah. And like <laughs> you think about, you think about. Yeah, the, the, the teaching and the explaining of holiness that Paul like personally writes to the church, like you were saying, and you don't you don't really find that. You don't say like you don't find that advice that we heard saying, No, I you don't talk to your brother. <laughs> you know, you're you're busy, go talk go pray and read and that will you know, go pray and read for three days, you know, go do that. And like nowhere does Paul say that. No, he he doesn't. Prescri- it's not like a prescription that he's prescribing. Like, oh, all you need is uh, you know, sing, well, he, he, read, he, read this Bible verse and he, and read. You know, they 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 didn't they didn't have that. He yeah he but he, they do have prescriptions. But notice all their prescriptions are like, hey man, meet your brother's needs. Yeah. Oh, here's another interesting thought about like what we're saying. Like, read the book of Acts. And tell me how many how many chapters in the book of Acts talk about like the God centered holiness of people doing private devotions. Just show me where that is. Show me where that is. If you read the book of Acts, you see godliness in the context of the covenant community collectively, relationally doing things. So after like Pentecost happens. And the new covenant, you know, is in is inaugurated, which just, you know, it's just God's gracious dealing with us, kind of like taking his last lap in redemptive history. Like, what does God say happens after like, man, like, here we go. Like, Jesus is seated in heaven. The conversation is entirely like, look at believers, like, collectively love each other in the church. Yeah. Now, notice 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 what happens in the holiness conversation. Look at what you do by yourself in yourself. Look at what you do like to some homeless person. Look at what you do like, you know, like I don't know, like posting like black boxes and hashtags about this like it has our holiness conversation has nothing to do with like these things in the book of Acts about working out relational holiness, like with other believers, like collectively. And like, that's what God emphasized. I mean, John 17 does not say the world will know that you are my own. If they see you getting up at four o'clock in the morning, you know, with your little candlelight or, 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 your, or, or your little like, you know, uh, lamp and, and, and reading the Bible out loud, like on, on your porch, the world will, you know, you know me, you know, when, when you're out there, you know, like doing all of these things, like for the community, the world will know that you, that you know me when this collective community that of rescue is something that you're vibrantly a part of and they see the affection that you have for one another. Yeah. Yeah. So Americans think that godliness is primarily a privatized experience that I prove 
individually when actually it's biblically it's like yo godliness is more of like a church collective thing with others godliness is more of a relational where your life is worked out naturally than you just having like some regular obviously super spiritual exercise therefore treat your wives or therefore do this Mm. with your sons like therefore if you are uh you know like let's say like treat your slaves like this way like (laughs) always bro i I feel like uh, a greek freak right uh, here by the way greek freak yanni vorchis it kind of like i it kind of i guess what i'm trying to say is like if anyone's devotion matters it's the devotion that Christ had with with the Father. Like, if any prayer life or any, you know, waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, mattered, that that's Christ. If, does that make any sense, anyone? You know, like, if, if we're saved by anyone's private piety, devotional life. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that that's it's, it's what Christ has done. And when we start putting the emphasis on so much of what we can do in our performance, you know, it's just... It's just really cool. How does that look like, like relations? So let me give you an example, like in light of what you just said, okay? Is God going to be more glorified when you come home and your wife is exhausted, your kids are like attention starved and they're hungry? Like you come home and you... You go to your closet and, you know, you shut the door and you get before the Lord and you contend with him and you tell him about his glory. <coughs> uh, <coughs> oh, my gosh, I just swallowed my spit. <coughs> and, um, you tell your wife to shut up and uh, leave <coughs> No, I, I, or is, is that going to glorify him more? Or is it, you know, you're you're going to... Understand that like God has already been glorified once and for all in Christ. And now there's people around you that need that need that, that need you and you're going to meet their needs. Now, if you read the New Testament or you read the Old Testament, it's very clear to me. The second the second option is yeah. godliness. Yeah. Yeah. Furthermore, let's go. Let's let's even think about another scenario. Like, okay, well, I'm not gonna do that at night. I'm gonna get up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm gonna get up at three o'clock in the morning. And what, what did you say in any other podcast? You're going to sweat. You're going to sweat like drops of blood with all your, you know, your voice. And so you get up at three o'clock in the morning, you know, it's, it's because you want to make God happy and glorify him and blah, 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 blah. And then by the time you get home at six o'clock at night, you are exhausted. You have nothing for nobody to help anybody. Now, let me tell you, you think God's going to be like, oh, my beloved son, I'm so glad that you woke up at three o'clock in the morning to do devotions for an hour. I don't think God has an English voice, but you know, whatever, it sounds cooler to say it like that. And uh, you know, I understand why you have no horizontal desire to to meet needs. So like, again, like I, I just, I think the way we see godliness is very much more like being consistent with our American values of independence and individuality, yada, 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 than actually what the Bible says, you know? It's like, you want to see godliness, like children obey your parents. Yeah, yeah. You want to see godliness, husbands love your wife. Yeah. You want to see godliness, like have, be like a business owner that practices like, 
a good practice. The problem is those things don't feel very spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Great point. And the thing is, you get your deepest feeling of spirituality from Christ. So therefore, like things yep. that don't like feel so spiritual, they don't need to feel so spiritual because you're getting like that enough. I am right. Like from yeah. that. But if you don't listen, here's the thing. Like if you don't get your spirituality and your deepest itch of like, I'm right from Christ and you get it from your spirituality, you're going to be one of these weird wackos who buy into every kind of exaggerated, exhausted spirituality that is just, you know, every day there's a new one on the market. You know what I'm saying? So, so now like if if I'm a Christian, I have to, you know, I have to solve like, like racial inequality and, and economic injustice. And I have to, you know, I have to like be a forceful power to just restructure. Like I, I can't just be godly, like in my vocation. I can't just be like a good mom. It's not enough. Yep. It's not enough. Like yep. you gotta be yep. like this utopic power force to like restructure, like the, the, the contours of reality. If you're like really a Christian, yep. And I'm like, yo, yep. if you're getting your cosmological sense of enoughness from yourself, you're going to always buy into like this hyper spirituality, like, like Chris is talking about, because like the, the godliness that God calls you to, it's just enough. I can't yeah. tell you, I can't yeah. tell you how many times I, I encounter men or women that are really excited about being a missionary, leading a mission. You know, doing discipling women and like they're just they have no interest in being a wife, no interest in being a dad. Yep. And somehow it's unto the Lord. Right. This is this is this is rampant in our context. Yep. Yep. Like this is big and and, and, in the Latino world. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like we 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 pursue the title, the, the the work. Like I think coming back to what you were saying, the busier you are, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. then I'm doing something for the Lord now. Yeah, like like all these things, I'm like, I'm going hard, I'm sacrificing so much. Yeah, yeah, and 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 and, and I'm like I'm a holy man because of that. Yeah. So but, but, just, so so and and like thinking that way, you also think that your spirituality, you. Your spirituality feeds you, feeds you, and it keeps you going. Yeah, you, know? you set the, your own bar. Yeah, because I say that because something we were talking about earlier today. We were saying there is times that I heard when people said you were having like a crappy day, bro. It's like you're cussing at your wife, you're freaking kicking the dog, but everything's wrong, and you just get home frustrated, bro, and it's just, you know, your day sucked. And then your brother's like, did you pray? In, did you pray in the morning? Did you spend some time to pray to the Lord? And did you read your devotional? That's why. That's why this happened. To yeah, because because because, because result, that's all. Those are lucky charms. This is a result of your because it fueled it. Because if you would have done that, you know, and, and, yeah. and in the context that we were talking about, I, what we are, what we're not saying is don't pray. Don't read your Bible. That's not what we're saying. No, we're not. Prayer that's is. That's why we uh, pray prayer without ceasing like you 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 are dependent on god and you're asking not okay let me go to a prayer closet right now like what time is it this is my prayer time so i gotta go hide and 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 seek the lord no it's actively living 
and thinking and depending on God. It doesn't have to be so spiritual. We we ain't Muslims, bro. I think the idea you know I mean? is the more rigorous, the more spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah. I remember one time I was at a Pentecostal church and the and the guy was like, y'all need to stop praying in your cars before you go to work. You got to start praying in a closet before you go to work, you know? It, saying like, you know, like, wh- wh- why is it so bad that, you know, when I get in the car and I, I put on my seatbelt that I, I'm just praying while I'm driving, you know, like doing something simple as opposed to like this dude was like 30 minutes before he had to head out to work. He had to like, you know, break out under his bed, <laughs> like hide in a mattress, you know? And a lot of times those kinds of things are unsustainable. And then when you can't yeah. sustain them, you're very disappointed in yourself. Yeah, it's legalism. In, 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 yeah. in some sense, like, it's that, like, placebo effect, bro. Because God, for sure, is not pleased by the times that you do devotion or not. And like you were saying, it's not sustainable because we feel it. Sometimes yeah. we're on fire. It's like, yes, yeah. the Holy Spirit's on me. Like, you know, right. I freaking... <laughs> I've been discipling. I evangelized somebody. Shared the gospel like five times. You know, I, I got like, somebody gave I me got, an extra cheeseburger at McDonald's. I got, I, like I, I, it was I, a great day. I got in yeah. six arguments with six credo non pedo Baptists. Yeah, like like day was great, but then not sustainable because sometimes, bro, we don't feel God. Yeah, we don't feel God at all. We don't even feel like going to church. We don't. We don't feel like going to Bible study. And, and honestly, like the devil does use that to convict you of your sin show you the law of god and says look like i thought you were a christian bro yeah like look at you look at you you know yeah and so how's that godly bro like how is so you stepped in poop yeah this morning and now you've lost god's favor and you gotta build it up again yeah you gotta now you gotta do so so what, what do people do like i think people are like oh no tomorrow i'm gonna freaking wake up earlier and i'm gonna pray and and read more Bible, you yeah. know. Yeah. And and and, and you. you're justifying yourself. Yeah. You're and trying to justify yourself by your own works. It, it, just call it how it is. You, you know? never say that. Yeah, we we yeah, yeah we don't say that. But you are it, saying it, you're it, atoning it, for your own it, sin. It's what you say when you without saying it. Yeah. I know. I mean, Chris. I think I don't. I don't know when he said this today, but this kind of mentality will lead you to you know be the person that feels like you need to be at church like all the time. Like, you know, there's a prayer meeting and, and, and there's a, this, and there's a discipleship class and, and, you know, and you're going to feel like you need to be there and your church, if you're not there, they're going to be like, you know, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing for the Lord? It's like, you know what? I'm at home. (laughs) I'm at home. Like, bro, I've had this conversation playing with my daughters. I've had this conversation with people like like yep. about like when I when I get my number called about not going to like some like spiritual meeting, I'm like, listen, I'm not doing something else in the structures of like the church. I am at home making dinner, jumping on the trampoline, helping the kids go to bed, and that's unto the Lord. Yep. The idea that that I'm supposed to always be doing some vertical hoops to be truly spiritual, it is not something that actual textual systematic thought in scripture gives you. It comes from this anxious, subjectively obsessed, 
privatized, exaggerated. I don't know who I am. So I'm always finding some kind of way to, you know, be like ascending to God in some kind of like hoopla holiness. It doesn't come from scripture, bro. Like you can not be in like the perpetual rat race of, of like, you know, quote unquote, holy things and be in regular things and yet still be holy. Now, I understand that what I just said could be twisted by somebody and like, oh, yeah, I get that, you yeah. know. Didn't Martin Luther say something about changing diapers? Like to the glory of God? Yeah. I, I'm thinking about, I, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about what, what, what Harry said, because he kind of brought, well, it wasn't directly talking about sanctification, but he did mention like do all things for the glory of God. He brought it to that level where it's like, it's not extravagant things. It's not things that you... You kind of just look like, look at that revolution. That's where God's working. It's it's literally everything you do, do it for the glory of God. It's like, it takes non-spiritual things and makes them spiritual, if that makes sense. Like, how is it that me drinking water and eating meat glorifies God? The meats. The meats. <laughs> how is it you know yeah it's it's because because it's not the things that you do it's where you stand Mm. in his sight you know it is everything you do is now seen by the lens of in christ yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that is why it's accepted that's why it's to the glory of god not because not because oh you know you chose to Pray before you eat. Or when like the appetizer comes out. Yeah. Or pray when the entree comes <laughs> like out. Like if you take pray a bite, oh no, <laughs> spit that out. Spit John, that out. John you know? Chris said something like, What are you praying for salad? What are you a psycho? Like <laughs> psychopath. You know, everything is holy. You know, because of Christ. So that that's why you could do all things to the glory of God. And and the complete opposite is what Jesus is like talking about. Like, don't be like the Pharisees that will freaking go up there for a show. You know, it's they look spiritual. If they lived here, we would probably think they're the most spiritual freaking people ever, bro. Like those men are pious. Like those men like know God. You know? If that was in our context. But it's you know, it's all fluff, bro. Yeah. It's all fluff. Yeah. I mean, some people think also like, you know, if they're not if they're not rigorous, if they're not doing all of these, you know, spiritual disciplines, they're not gonna grow. You know, mm. and, and I don't know, I'm, I'm here in Ephesians and I'm, I'm looking at Paul talking about how Christians are being uh, built up, how they're maturing, you know, in their faith, how they're growing in discernment and unity of faith and knowledge, how they're being equipped and, you know, just growing in every way. And, and it's, there's none of the spiritual disciplines are here. It's like, yeah, what, what does like, he say? It, it says that that God gave the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of, yes. of the body of Christ. So yes. one of the one of the ways we grow is is by learning from our pastors. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> we're learning from our pastors so that we can attain to uh, yeah. the unity of the faith and, and to mature manhood. And then yeah. it says that we speak the truth in love to grow. Yeah. Right, we speak the truth and love to each other, and then it says, uh, "When every part of the body is working properly, it builds itself up in love." So here I see, yeah. you know, the teaching, the 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 teaching of the apostles being taught by the pastors in the context of the church. Yes, I see uh, the believers speaking the truth 
that they're learning from their pastors to one another. And I'm seeing the body working together and loving each other and, and everybody's just growing. I, I don't know. I, it, there's, it's, it's not this individualistic uh, uh, thing. And it's, it, there's nothing about, you know, four in the morning. There's nothing about yeah. you know, how long you pray. And, um, and like, bro, you want to know something godly and pious that you should do as a Christian, bro? I'll tell you one. Go to church. Yeah. Go to church. Go to church. Why? Because that's where all these things happen. Yeah. That is the means that God has chose to grow you, bro. I'm thinking about, Paul also said, like, admonishing another, speaking back to each other with hymns, psalms, and spiritual songs. Bro, so we are together. We're learning together. We're speaking the truth together. We're singing to each other together. And the truth and the spirit is working together (laughs) to build us up. And And the Lord gives us his table. That strengthens yeah. our faith, bro. He right. feeds us. Like, in lugar, in lugar de, in place of, instead of, instead of, that's 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 the word. Instead of uh, us giving God our piety for a burnt offering, he's giving us bread and wine, bro. Mm. And strengthening our faith. Yeah. He yeah. is feeding us, bro. Yeah. So this cup of blessing that you guys pass, this cup of blessing, he's blessing us, bro, when we're taking it, you know Amen. what I mean? Amen. So, all right, guys, we got to go. It's late. And, and thank you guys for listening <laughs> to the final episode of this Alabama trip. If you guys like the podcast, subscribe for Crazy Cultura, Gospel on Tap. Peace out.